Let me start this off by reminding everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for the email list. That's a very important thing to do here if you want to know how to uh, follow us uh, when we talk about different things here. If you guys want to see ways you can support us, there's links at uh, HankStrange.com, so check that out. So for example, you can save yourself... Um, you actually can save yourself some money. You can get two free months if you use the code HANK at US Law Shield. And if you sign up for an annual membership, you get the locked in rate of 1095. So use that code HANK or go to our link that's here in the chat and or at HankStrange.com. As well as this tonight is definitely a coffee night because I'm ridiculously tired. So we're using blackout coffee. You guys can also find that in the description of this video. You know, we, we, we can't put the US Law Shield thing in the description, but we can't put coffee. So that's in the description. That being said, big shout out to Franklin Armory, which, you know, they sponsor the podcast here. We appreciate that. We're going to get into the show here. I've got my uh, my guests loaded up already. And let's just uh, let's just go for it here and make this happen. Uh, let me see if this works. Nope. Yeah, I've got things that don't work already. Hold on. Uh, uh, okay. No, that didn't that didn't work either. Where is my open for crying out loud? Oh it's man, a, never, it's a no opener. It's never a no update. Never update the software, and then don't uh, <laughs> the soft. I did. I did the uh, software update, and it blew up my opener. All right. The Hank Strange situation brought to you by Franklin Armory. We're just going to move on, guys. We're just going to move on. Make sure you smash those thumbs ups and ring the bell. Uh, this is episode 825, and the title is Whammy Gunslinger. So we've got Gene of Whammy Gunslinger here joining us. There he goes. What's up, Gene? How's it going, man? All right. Going all right. Yeah. I'm still I'm still looking around for for my opening thing, which I don't think I'm going to find it at this point. We also we also have Rob McNeely of Tusk. Rob, what's going on? How's it how's it going? What's going on? I had to like turn my hat around so I can be cool too. I want to be cool. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I'm not no, sure if you're not, not still not cool. Not working. I, yeah, I don't think you're now. getting your intended effect there, Rob. But welcome to the show. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those nights, man. I can tell already. It's gonna be one of those nights. Smash those thumbs ups for everyone out there. I appreciate the folks who are doing it. Share this video if you can. Share the link. Obviously, we're being uh you know we're being shadow banned and every other thing here. So. What's up with you dudes? What's going on? So it's, it's a wine by the box kind of night. Yeah, I'm drinking I'm I'm drinking coffee. So which water is here. Water? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh you're gonna have you, you you've gotta you gotta go and be healthy out of everyone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. I, I, I was see just thinking is. that every night on Hank's show is a wine by the night box kind of night. Oh really? <laughs> for for the people watching or for me? Yes. Oh okay. Uh, that's like I've got I've got like cold brew here, man. It's really it's refreshing. It's awesome. A uh, big shout out to Elf Elfster's rifle and reloading. I see him out there. Let's let's do this. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Rob. Obviously, you're from Tusk. Tusk, uh, the Universal Settlement Coin sponsors. The podcast here. Do you want to explain for some folks out there that may not know what Tusk is? 
what it is? Sure. So um, we're a blockchain-based pay payment system uh, that's focused on uh, marginalized industries like the two-way industry. And our job is to use cryptocurrency to protect gun retailers from being deplatformed. Absolutely. There you go. Very, very easy. I don't know. Um, Gene, you said that you've you looked them up a little bit. Do you have any questions about Tusk before we move on to oh, Lammy Gunslinger man. here? I'd rather afterwards uh, just get me mm -hmm. get my uh, fill out the way, and then yeah, I got a lot of questions. Uh, I actually my first company was uh, credit card processing, so I know a little bit about um, you know about the high risk um, processing world. Um, so it, that's very interesting. What it, what he's uh, into. Okay. Well, some cool updates about Tusk, though, and, and actually I want to talk about some NFT stuff, which is even crazier than just regular crypto, right? But um, so we just went live with our rebuilt wallet. It's the alpha that released today. So we just finished our hard fork. And for non-crypto people, a hard fork is a big, giant pain in the butt upgrade to the protocol to allow new functionality and new bug fixes. We just completed that, and then we just rebuilt the front-end wallet, and we went live this morning with that. And so we that's a big bunch of milestones for the project. So we're um, so one of the big functionality upgrades we'll have eventually um, is that uh, uh, if you think of a blockchain, uh, kind of like a database, um, we just updated our database to be able to do more things like have people, other people be able to create NFTs on our blockchain. Um, there isn't a, a marketplace to do that yet, but that is coming. And so we're excited that we finally got through this. This hard fork process was about a three and a half, four month process. And so we just literally came back live today. So I'm super excited to really start getting back into the trenches and really growing the project. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming just really, I'm, I'm just trying to, really good things for Tusk in general, and then some added features coming down the line, right? Not necessarily Correct. there yet. Okay. Correct. The The functionality and the, on the protocol at the base, mm -hmm. base level, we've added a lot of functionality. Now it's up to people to build uh, front end software to utilize that functionality and we're already working on some ideas and some partners to do that over the next few months so there's a lot of stuff coming but just understand that we went through a big upgrade we got a lot of new functionality coming and it's a big deal that's if we take anything from it it's, that's mm -hmm. what it means it gives us a lot of potential opportunity that going forward for the project okay cool um and then you know cool. let's get to let's get gene to explain to the <laughs> folks out there if they don't know um what is Whammy Gunslinger? What's the whole thought behind that? Sure, Whammy um, is um, <clears throat> is a gun group uh, on Facebook that is um, we like to say the probably the most diverse gun group uh, on on Facebook. Um, we are a really family like uh, oriented uh, group. Um, every new person that comes in feels that immediately. Um, and, and we're, we're not the kind of people that beat, beat people down who don't know a lot. 
So if you're new to guns, you can come in there and you're and you're good. If you're advanced, uh, you fit right in. Um, but we don't, uh, you know, there's a lot of groups out there. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of groups out there where, you know, new guys get, they just get punished. They get beat down. Um, you know, somebody comes in there and they don't know any better and they say the word clip. We just educate them instead of stomping them to the ground for using that word. Um, you know, so we're just a, a, a tight group and, uh, it's a, it really is a good place for all people, new, uh, advanced. And uh, there's a lot of um, big names also that are that are in there. Big names as far as the gun community is concerned. So, OK, cool. How do people get into this group? So, for example, would you take a Rob McNeely? I mean, he's not, he's not <laughs> that's a, asking a lot. That's asking a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, as he's obviously shown, he's not super cool. <laughs> um, you just you type in W H A M M Y S. I believe you put an S on there and, and it pops up immediately. Um, either W H A M M Y or with the S, one of the mm -hmm. two. I'm on Facebook. Still horrible. Okay. I don't know that. Yeah, on Facebook, you type that in and then uh, you'll Facebook. see the the logo with the four guns surrounding the word whammy I'll and, I'll and that's search, us uh, yeah so i'm searching y h a m m there you go this one apostrophe s that's it right right there should yep. and then this there is goes. yeah this is your thing right there so anyway and it's a private group so i'm guessing you guys have to approve people trying to correct correct yeah yeah so there you go Rob is cooler than he looks. Let me just say that before. Well, I certainly yeah, hope I so. Pretty, That's a really, pretty, really low bar. Yeah, he is a cool dude. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Very smart guy. Uh, Chris Bullis, let me address a couple things. Chris Bullis says, Hank is looking sharp. Okay, I just got my haircut today. It's Wednesday. I got to show off. I haven't had a haircut in like a month. You know, I was looking kind of like a wolf man out there. And then I'm also trying out some uh, some Bluetooth uh, headsets here so uh, let me know if you guys are having any issues with audio or anything like that um, you know sound I'm, good I'm to me yeah I'm, I'm hearing some like clicking in my ear but I think it's just for these for these air for these uh, for these headsets um, and let's see someone's already complaining out there let me see who is that complaining about uh, <laughs> Oh, here we go. Armament and Axes, being a uh, old curmudgeon dude, says, if we're going to talk crypto all night, I'll be bored. And then Chris oh, Bullis. I'm hurt. Chris, yeah, I mean, you know, seriously, we'll talk about, we'll talk about, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about, you know. And uh, I, I get it. Some people aren't i guess do you go through this all the time rob you know there's people who especially like this being the gun world and we're dealing with a lot of people that are slow to adopt to things <laughs> let's put it that way i, yeah. I mean if, here's the thing right like it should be boring mm -hmm. i mean <laughs> can you imagine if we talked about merchant processing and venmo all the time that would be awfully freaking boring mm -hmm. so and if you're not 
if if crypto doesn't solve a problem for you and you're not an investor in crypto and the crypto world mm-hmm. is just something you've ignored, yeah, you'd be bored out of your mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. that's probably correct. Like I'd be bored out of my mind too. Like if you wanted yeah. to talk about Venmo all day, I'd be like, eh. But, you know, I think that's how we sometimes get in trouble, even like when it comes to politics. Right. No one wants a boring president except me. I don't need my president <laughs> to be some super exciting dude. You know, um, things that are important. Oh, I don't I don't need them to be super. Ex- I can find excitement <laughs> in my life <laughs> to carry me through when it comes to stuff like I don't want the the outside world that hates us to cut us off financially at the legs and cripple us so we can't do what we need to do. I think I need something boring, you know, that works to to help with that situation. You know what? You know what, Hank? I got a bone to pick with you. Uh oh. Oh boy. You're in trouble. Yes indeed. Yeah. Yes yeah. indeed. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. Now uh, it was wait, the other okay, day when okay. I went to the oh, door boy. and I said, should I get it or not? Now, oh. Springfield, I feel you on that, man. Like Springfield, I, I really do feel you. That's why I don't have any Springfields because I was like boycotting them for a while. But um, this I've been waiting for for a long time, and like I had to just cheat and 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 go this route. But what, what is it? What did you What did you get from Springfield? Just let's like keep everyone. Let's, let's keep it. That's right. So what I got from Springfield is the, the brand new XDM 3.8 um, Elite in 10 millimeter. Oh, OK. And <laughs> Hank, right. Said, right. Hank said, he said, uh, you asked about I'm, you asked about I a did. holster. You asked about I a holster, did. right? OK, OK. I, I did, but I'm not talking about that moment, though. I'm not talking about oh. on, on Whammy. I'm talking about um, it was a few days ago, um, and Walter and uh, what's his name was on. Mm-hmm. And you said, when I asked you about getting the gun, you said, I don't, you said something about, I don't like that everything is 10 millimeter. Yeah. Something uh-huh. like that. Well, everyone, everyone says they want, this is one of the, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, I want everything to be 10 millimeter, this in 10 millimeter, that in 10 millimeter. And then people, people ask for that and then don't even freaking buy it. You know? I thought this I was not you. a sexual show. Huh? It's not I thought this show. wasn't a sexually oriented show. Oh. You keep talking about your 10 millimeter. Oh. Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, I guess I yeah. am. So, uh, but anyway, okay. I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm a ten millimeter freak, man. No, uh, I'm, I'm not ignoring it. I love I'm not ignoring it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't but, ignore it. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to translate you know, ten millimeter to inches. Hold on a second. <laughs> Before I say anything, I'm trying to Google translate how many. <laughs> my my freaking thing is not my thing is not responding. So I'm trying to look that up. Uh, let's see how many inches in ten millimeter. It's, it's not looking good while. for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <It's> not- <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was I was gonna say that that um, 
<laughs> it probably sounds somewhat annoying now because 10 millimeter made a huge comeback. And so mm-hmm. now people are starting to hear 10 millimeter a lot. And mm-hmm. it probably is starting to sound annoying. I, I've been pro 10 millimeter. I've been big on it since 06, no, 05. Okay. Um, and that's when it was, it was getting ready to become a, a you know, wildcat. I mean, it, it was it was getting ready to die and it's come back huge. And we don't have many 10 millimeters really in the first place. So even though we hear it a lot, this XDM is actually the only the second compact 10 millimeter that we have. There's the Glock right. 29 and now we have the the XDM 3.8. Um, as far as polymer frame striker fire, mm-hmm. it, it's the only two that exist now. So we we're, we're very limited uh, in in our in our ten millimeter pickings. So why would this be? Why would this yeah. be? I don't know. What what do you want to say about this, Rob? Because I see that you have this look on your face, like you want to say something. You want to add? Um, is this double entendre uh, or? <laughs> no, I, I like I I, I like. XDMs. Mm-hmm. I don't have an opinion about ten millimeter though. You oh, would good. know a lot more about ten millimeter than I would. Who me? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I don't know why I would know about that. But listen, this is the thing. This is this is the thing I want to say. Like, why do you think there's not a lot of ten millimeter subcompact handguns? I mean, I've shot, I've shot well, ten millimeter and all that kind of stuff. I'm not. It doesn't really. It, I'm not as super excited as there are folks out there about it. I'm not hating on anyone for being excited about it. But why do you think there's not a bunch of ten millimeter subcompact, you know, concealed carry um, handguns it, it, out there? I, I think it's about to have a big a boom right now. But okay. <laughs> I mean. Because it was it wasn't a popular round whatsoever. I mean, mm-hmm. when it first started, it, it, it had some juice in the '90s, um, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of withered away. And we had almost nothing. You know, I think we there's a point when we had like I think we just had four options for 10 millimeter for years, years, and okay. um, finally, you know, it. it we're starting to get more. It's starting to get a lot more popular. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the aftermarket community just two years ago um, made the 30 round mags for uh, the Glock 10 millimeters just two years ago. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that tells you it wasn't popular at all. Now, why, why isn't there any, I think first of all, 10 millimeter, uh, it's it's the 357 Magnum of the semi-auto world is what it is. Okay. Jeff Cooper knew what he was doing, you know. Okay. Um, and so <clears throat> it took a while. You had the 40 caliber, which for a while, 40 caliber was the leading, you know, in, in that in that area. Um, I mean, that's where 40 caliber came from. And so mm-hmm. I think we had, you know, uh, the Glock 27. We had other subcompact and compact 40 caliber uh, guns, and that that ruled 
um, the gun industry now that is this like a, is this a dying, is this a knockdown like quote unquote knockdown power conversation or situation that people are no 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 getting crazy about 10 millimeter because first of mm-hmm. all that's that that's not really a thing um mm-hmm. <laughs> but um now that 40 caliber is dying 10 millimeter is rising you know okay. and so uh it's very you know you can you can take a 10 millimeter and you can do anything from self-defense from people self-defense from uh animals you know, it's it's it can do it all, you know, and that's that's what I like about it. Now, it's not for mm-hmm. everybody. Neither mm-hmm. is three fifty seven Magnum. Okay. You know, uh, that that's where a lot of people when they bought three fifty seven, they really use thirty eight specials um, because right. less recoil and uh, usually cheaper. Um, but and it was good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The truth is no other caliber and handgun caliber had a better mm-hmm. one shot drop uh, statistics than better than 357 Magnum. Not not one. And 10 millimeter is almost identical as far as ballistics is concerned to 357 Magnum. Has um, has the FBI done some like 10 millimeter stuff like they've done with other calibers? Because I don't know. I don't follow it that closely enough to. You know, and I, like I'm a nine millimeter yeah. guy, so you know. Now, anything outside of nine millimeter is just going into the fun gun category, as far as I'm concerned right now. Although I like five seven, but you know, I mean, it's not. I, I'm not a fan of five seven because of what I think typically people out there would be fans of the ten millimeter over, right? Um, I like it because it's a fast round that could punch through armor and stuff like that. And the the uh, 5.7 pistol to me is cool, lightweight. It's a full-size kind of thing. I wouldn't necessarily be carrying that all the time, but I think it's something cool to have around. And I get it if it's the cool factor. What I'm, what I'm wondering is how popular 10 millimeter is for people to carry. You know, obviously 9 millimeter won the carry wars over the Glock 40 people or the 40 cal folks. Yeah, in my opinion, that's in fairly, my opinion. It, no, that's a fact. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, let me see. To me, it's fairly new, right? Because I've been mm-hmm. in the, I've been guns my whole life. So, um, forty caliber dying is fairly new in in my eyes. Like it started mm-hmm. dying, and I believe in like two thousand fourteen. Right. And I'm not really I'm not saying dying. 40 caliber is dead. There's still a lot of people that buy 40 caliber guns there are, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's just Yeah, absolutely. You know, but you know, I think that argument's um, settled. Yeah, I, you know, in my opinion. Rob, you seem well, like this well, is totally it, boring to you. Rob, Rob, you got no No, because <laughs> no, I, I have opinions because the pro, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Of my collection, I actually have a Springfield in 40. <laughs> and it's interesting with a lot of the gun groups, they like haze 40, they haze XDs. Yeah. And it's not my only gun. It's not my only brand, but mm-hmm. I actually like my XDM 40 a lot. It's a nice, I got, right. I got a powder rigger. I got a powder reverse trigger in it. Got some, you know, okay. tritium night sights. And I like my 40 and mm-hmm. I probably carried mm-hmm. that 40 more than anything else that I carry. Even my Glock 19, um, I'm not a big in on brands. I think they both have purposes, um, but I've never shot a ten. 
So I don't really know. I thought the 40 was kind of the compromise between like, I thought, you know, there was an argument between nine millimeter and 10 millimeter and the compromise was 40 caliber. So I don't know. Okay. Um, but the, mm-hmm. so many people like hate on 10 and 40 now and they just like just go with nine millimeters. So it's like I don't have a strong opinion on it because I'm not I'm a pretty oh, I'm not a gun bigot or a caliber bigot for that matter. So I'm just like I. have it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's yeah, not. I'm not I, saying. I, I'm not I, saying it shouldn't exist or anything like that. I'm just saying, from my point of view, I'm just a nine millimeter kind of person, and I don't really. I think that there's when. It, okay, I'll get. I'll tell you guys exactly what I see from when companies come on. A company that makes guns comes on, and everyone goes, "Oh, make this gun in ten millimeter," and then the company goes, "We would make stuff in ten millimeter if you guys actually bought it." And I think there's some things that people say they want and they ask companies to make this and make that and then they don't actually buy it. And ultimately what we're talking about here is what do people buy? So a company manufacturing things and putting it out there, they don't want to make stuff that you're not going to buy because that's not what business is. Well, that's kind of dumb. Right. I completely get that. And that's it's dumb. It's dumb to make things to it's dumb to not want to make things that people don't want to buy. No, it's dumb to make no, things absolutely. that people don't want to buy. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. again, like mm-hmm. I said, it was about to become a wildcat. It was about mm-hmm. to die, the 10 millimeter. So mm-hmm. this is a new thing. 10 millimeter coming up now and, and becoming more popular. This is new. This isn't, mm-hmm. it's not like it's always been this popular thing. It's brand new. And that's why we're just now getting something that we never had before in 10 millimeter. Hank, I carry nine more than anything. Mm-hmm. I carry nine 70% of the time. But I love 10 millimeter because really 357 Magnum is my favorite caliber, honestly. Okay. And FBI did all the all the uh, uh, data on that. And we know that 357 Magnum uh, is better at, you know, being the man stopper than anything um, as mm-hmm. far as one shot drop. Um, but and, and period. But. Now we have that in a semi-auto, you know, platform. And that's what Jeff Cooper was trying to do. He wanted to get a 357 Magnum uh, power in a semi-auto. He did it. It kind of was a thing. And then it started dying and it was almost gone. And Mm -hmm. then it just rose up. Right. It rose up. And now it's starting to become popular. I'd say just... Just in 2018, I would say, is when it the huge 10 millimeter boom hit. So this is very new. Okay. And I love 10 millimeter again because it can do everything that a nine can do. You can get watered down 10 mil easy, uh, and it can do everything nine millimeter can do, and then it can do what nine millimeter cannot do. Um, as far as in the woods hunting. Um, okay. you know, all it can, it can stop a bear, it can stop a hog, and it can stop a person without over penetrating. Okay. All right. Let me get this comment up from Armin and Axis since he gave money, us money, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh. Okay. Armin and Axis says, uh, Smith and Wesson created the 40 Smith and Wesson from the FBI downloaded. 10 millimeter um what was this fbi wimps couldn't handle 
full power 10 millimeter sunny crockett carried a brent 10 miami vice right. so there you go right. um yeah okay i mean you know miami vice was a show that was scripted <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's cool. It's cool. I'm not trying to say it's not cool. It was, it was real. That was a reality was real. show. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Lovell says, I love my Glock 20C. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Lo yeah. Lola wants to know what gun brought 10 millimeter back. Um, okay, you guys could tell Ooh. me on it. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Look, this is like the bullpup thing. I like bullpups. Uh, most people out there don't like bullpups, right? So I put it in that category right now. Like I, I love a good, yeah, I love a bullpup, even I a ridiculous, yeah, even a ridiculous one. I'm like, oh, cool, bullpup. So, <laughs> Lola, yeah. the problem. I'm going to say, mm -hmm. oh, this is hard, but I'm going to say that the the Glock 40 MOS gave it the last kick it needed to become what it's becoming now before the g40 it was still you know getting a slow rise but i think when the 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 glock 40 mos can i show guns uh, on you no you cannot <laughs> no okay sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so uh right. <laughs> yeah. So just show your millimeter off which is the six inch i was um, just about to press barrel. the button on him i was just about to <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, ooh. you guys. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> the uh, the G40 MOS is the six inch barrel. It's the it's the big brother of the Glock 20, basically, and mm -hmm. and that's what you truly like hunt with is the G40 MOS. And then there's some 1911s. There's Dan Wessons in 10 mil, um, Kimbers, etc. Uh, they okay. got long barrels, but it is it is. Let me tell you, in Alaska, mm -hmm. 10 millimeter is everything, right? Okay. Because they deal with large animals a lot. And at any point in time, a bear can walk up on them. And so mm -hmm. 10 millimeter is hugely, uh, massively popular in, in Alaska. And and that's the reason why, right? It's, it really stops those big animals. But... It is, it can do it all, you know, so you can get the ammo that's watered down that that only gives you like, you know, 505 foot pounds of energy that's not going to over penetrate. Uh, and it's going to do anything that, like I said, that nine millimeter can do. The only negative to that, right, is the fact that there's more recoil, mm -hmm. right? It's, okay. the, it's the same amount of recoil as you get out of a 357 Magnum and 10 millimeter is not for everyone. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. I would say that probably, you know, sixty percent of people could not accurately shoot ten millimeter. Yeah, I might be wrong think, about th that number, but that, that's how I, I think. I Razor think. Razor JB is saying now, how many can actually shoot three fifty seven Magnum or ten millimeter accurately on flat exactly. range, let alone under stress? I think Rob, you wanted to make a point. No. No. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, you had something? That, oh, you don't? Okay. Uh, K&M Arms says bullpup rocks. Okay, there we go. You know. 
So I, the, agree. The, I, bull, I, I can say a bullpup comment. I like bullpups, but I think most people don't like the triggers. I think that's like the big hang up for a lot of bullpups is they got some, you know, gangly trigger mechanism thing and just the triggers kind of suck on them. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think especially in the past, I think the older bullpups, that was the problem um, because you have like linkage that goes back. So there's a linkage from where yeah. you're pulling the trigger. There's linkaging, linkage going back. So you have to pull on that, and then this whole piece of metal in there is moving before you get what you want out of it. Um, but I think that's a thing of a pa- of the past. If you look at newer bullpups these days, the triggers are a lot better. And then the uh, the M17S yeah. that K&M makes has one of the best triggers that um, that I've ever pulled multiple times on a bullpup. So yeah, know, I agree so. with that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, K&M but, says, let's uh, talk triggers. There you that, go, that triggers. Comment. Mm-hmm. Who was it that made the comment that who can shoot 10 millimeters accurately? He, he's dead on. Razor, Razor JB. That, that, yeah, that, that he's mm-hmm. he's dead on. And, and that's why it's not for everybody, man. It's it's not. You know, I mean, there's, there's just like uh, even with, uh, for instance, like hunting, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, 300 wind mag is too much gun for some people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they go to 70. Right. Uh, Or or seven mag. It's that's how it is. I mean, that's why we have the variety that we have in the gun community. It's it's great. It's absolutely right. 357 mag and 10 mil. It's not it's not easy to control if you don't know what you're doing or not. Not practicing. Okay, go ahead, Rob. But I was just going to say that's why some people some guys have to sit when they pee. (laughs) I think Rob is just. Comeback ever. <laughs> yeah. Rob is just in a mood. Oh, I gotta, I'm gonna take this clip and post. Oh, this is this this is gonna be great. <laughs> He's just in a freaking mood today. He's just in a mood. Okay, uh Razor JB says social media presence of presenting new firearms for hunting and semi uh custom 1911/2011 makers brought back 10 millimeter, not any one gun. Uh, I agree so with that go. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's the truth of, about it. Um, but I was trying. That's why I said it was difficult. That question she asked. But I, I thought maybe. Yeah, I feel like it gave it a, a extra boost from what I've seen, at least in mm-hmm. in the gun community. It gave it that last little kick in the back. But mm-hmm. I agree with what he's saying. And not, yeah. no single one did that. And at the at the end of this stuff, I think a lot of things are just opinions. So if you ask me my opinion of something, I'm going to tell you. And and that doesn't like I'm not you know, sticking to every single opinion that I have. Some I won't come off of, but, you know, it's just <laughs> someone asked me my opinion at the time. It's what I think. And I really, uh, I've shot 10 millimeter and looked at it and talked to companies and talked to people. I realize that, that there's folks out there that really like it. But yeah, my opinion is... Um, Why? Do you have right? a 10, do you own 9 millimeter do you own a does the job. The only 10 millimeter that we've actually um, owned, and I don't have it, uh, Walter has it, I gave it to Walter, is the 10 millimeter from High Point, the 10 millimeter carbine. Oh, yeah. And, and I like uh-huh. that. I like that. There's <clears throat> other 10 millimeters that I've shot, like handguns and stuff like that. I didn't really like them. It, I thought they were just too snappy and all that kind of stuff. You know, and it's right. just like, okay, I don't know what the big deal about this is to anyone. I do like the carbine, but of course we put a bullpup kit in it. So, I mean, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, for some people, <laughs> recoil is nothing. I mean, 
I was eight years old when I first shot 357 Magnum, mm-hmm. you know, so recoil's not, I'm not sensitive to recoil. I'm not saying you're sensitive, but I'm just saying, uh-huh. <clears throat> I guess no, I'm, just go I'm, ahead. Just, just yeah, <laughs> you, you, and, you and Rob just like line up your arguments or whatever, man, and just go in there, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I like, I actually kind of yeah. enjoy recoil, um, but um, listen, some I'm, of us, some of us, <laughs> some, you know, listen, everyone is, is uh, welcome to do their things, you know, however, however they want to, you know what I'm saying? It's all yeah, good. Some I of agree. us are, you know, where some of us are a little different from other people, you know, um, let's see, K and M arms wants to talk triggers. So do you, you guys want to, I love triggers. Sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. Do you change triggers on every gun that you buy or where do you guys, where do you change triggers? Yeah. Yeah. When do you upgrade? You do, Rob? Yeah. The two first things that I do to any firearm, pretty much at least rifles, trigger and muzzle device are the first two things, then optic. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So even if you bought like an expensive high end gun that supposedly comes with a good trigger or a great uh, muzzle device, you'll still change it. Well, I'm not going to like say a hundred percent, but I would, I generally don't buy high end guns. I build them. So, so I'm my latest build. I'm doing like kind of a bolt action, 1022 with a volts quartz and summit action. I like rimfire Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it, I'll put a kid trigger and a kid triggers, in my opinion, are the best 1022 trigger, but those triggers are like 260, 270 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you can go buy like an actual whole 1022 for the price (laughs) of that trigger group for that. That's right. I mean, there's expensive 1022s out there. Absolutely. The, yeah. yeah, my my ten. I got several ten twenty twos that are like definitely hitting the two thousand dollar range. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You can get crazy with a ten twenty two. And and I love, you know, um, I love ten twenty twos myself, man. I've got integrally suppressed barrels, all kinds of craziness. I don't got anything that fancy yet, but yeah. but I mean, just it, honestly, I've always liked rimfire, and I got a bunch of kids, so that's mm-hmm. always been helpful. But right now, just given the price of ammo, it's like I feel like I I'm a bean counter. Like I really mm-hmm. like I'm a cheapskate. So every time I pull that trigger when I'm shooting, pretty much anything, and I'm like ninety five cents, ninety five cents, ninety five, and I can't <laughs> do that. I, can't, I don't enjoy that now. It's like oh. so at least with ten twenty two. But even like you know, I like to shoot. I don't know Eli ammo like the for ten twenty two or rimfire, um, mm-hmm. twenty two long rifle. Eli is really really good match grade stuff. The black box, and yeah. so that's mm-hmm. been pretty expensive now. It's like twenty five cents a round or something. Last time I looked for it, so it's yeah, just, I never it's bought a. Crazy. I never bought a box of that stuff. But a friend of mine that's a competition shooter and shoots uh, uh, twenty twos. Had a couple of boxes and I and I stole some from him. So, that's, so that's so how you know I would get my they, hands on Eli. <laughs> so supposedly with Eli ammo, is what they do is like because getting really precision twenty two um, ammo is interesting. They keep the the actual relative humidity like tightly controlled when they're actually packing the the powder into the casings. Um, and then with what you're finding with Eli ammo, what they do is they do a lot more batch testing. So they actually will, what they do is they, they see in a batch how many are duds and then they basically rank their boxes and the color of their boxes based on how many kind of duds or poor performers are in a batch. And that's how they decide sometimes um, which box they're going to go in. Mm, interesting okay okay I see. yeah 
Uh, so, so what about you, Gene? Where are you at on triggers? You, you're a trigger snob like uh, Rob over here. You know, got to change, um, got to upgrade every trigger. Can't you know? N- no, definitely not. Okay. Um, but I do, I do um, modify some triggers. Um, mm-hmm. My when it comes to Glocks, let let's just say I have somewhere between six and ten Glocks. Um, he doesn't know. Uh, only three of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. What the hell does that mean? I have somewhere between six and ten. <laughs> what is that? Only, okay. only three of them have modified triggers. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so uh, the rest are I, I, I leave them factory, but um, mm. so I don't know. Maybe that that kind of helps with um, how I look at it. Um, my mm. My Browning Max Long Range, I'm going to swap out that trigger for sure um, because it just kind of sucks. It's like a four-pound trigger on a, you know, a, a nice rifle like that. It shouldn't be that high, but um, I'm going to change trigger on that. And then my AR, eventually I'm going to uh, probably change the trigger on that. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I... I'm not. So, does huge that, well, on hold it. on a second. Do you only have one AR? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, for a second. <laughs> I got some. I got to do the. I've got somewhere between oh, three. We're and going five. between. <laughs> yeah. Gene is answering. He's answering all these questions like it's going to the FBI. I have between. Wait, did, did Rob freeze up? No, Rob's there. Rob's there. Like the no, FBI like, is watching Rob, this. What happened to the hat backwards, man? What happened no, to the just, hat backwards? No, he gave up on that one. It didn't yeah. work. Yeah. I, I <laughs> failed. I failed at the hat backwards thing. Okay. So yeah, I, I was so the, the so the guy the prompt the guy who prompted the trigger talk. Which what's he is he associated with the trigger company? Uh, no, that's uh, so Ken from K and M Arms is he owns it's a it's a small. Uh, company, but they he makes a bullpup. He makes an M17S bullpup. He's in Arizona, so he is a firearms manufacturer, and uh, you know um, he's got some really cool guns outside of the. Yeah, he has a big bullpup collection. I met him years ago at the bullpup show that used to be in Kentucky. Is that kind of so. like the old um, the Bushmaster from like the nineties? Is that what that is? Uh, the yes, M17. Yeah, M17S, yeah. So so, so Ken makes those. So yeah, so Ken, if you have the old school classic ones, which I'm trying to get one of those, and you have issues with it, Ken is actually I think Bushmaster um refers people even to him when they have problems with those. But then he he fixed a lot of the things going on with that and made an improved version um that you guys can find. Um on K&M Arms on his website, if you check it out. So my my best friend when I was growing up um, had one of those. And then we just thought it was all goofy because the trigger sucked. <laughs> so it's like, but they're very, they're very rare now. I like what, like, you can't find them anywhere. And so it's mm-hmm. actually, they're pretty mm-hmm. cool. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. They have are have cool. you, mm-hmm. What's up? have you uh, heard of or shot of uh, the um, bullpup handgun? Yes. Are you talking about the one from um, oh, what Bo, is that? The, the original company? was Boberg XR9, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, he yeah, sold yeah. it to Bond Arms. 
Yeah, bond, yeah, the bond, the bond nine. Yeah, I have yep, one of those. Yep, yep. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, pretty that's, cool. that's pretty cool design. That's a the guy who made that is a is a friend of mine. He's he's in Whammy. He's a really cool. The original guy, guy who designed the Bobert dude. Correct. Uh huh. Oh, the Bobert dude is in Whammy. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. I would like to get one of those original guns. From what I hear, they don't really work that great. But I know the Bond, the Bond ones are, um, they work. So, I think there's yeah, some, I I think they're, there's they're some ammo good. they don't like. But exactly, yeah, pick it's it's pretty picky or whatever the original ones. And then Bond Arms, from what I hear, uh, upgraded it to where it can eat most ammo. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty cool. You know, bull, I think I've got two bullpup handguns. That and I have the uh, zip gun. You guys ever heard of the zip gun? The zip twenty-two. I have yeah. heard of it. I'm not familiar no. with it, like hands-on though. What, Rob? You never heard of the zip twenty-two? Damn it! Let me see if I can. Get Which it. one is that? Tell me what it looks like. It's a <laughs> it's a bullpup. It's, it's, it's like a little plastic weird kind of thing that looks like you're going to shoot yourself. <laughs> you must remember <laughs> that, Rob. I, I don't shoot myself though. I, so I think, I th no, but what I'm saying is, you must remember when that came out. Okay, my intent. Let me see if I can pull it up. Is it the USFA Zip 22? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, I know 22. what that is. Okay, I've actually seen yeah. that at the gun at the gun shop before. Yes, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, and it's a. Let me see. Here we go. Uh, let's see if we can pull up a image here and that, show. That does. Folks. To me, I don't know. That thing doesn't. I don't know if that looks safe to me or not. Exactly. Well, I think that was a. I think that was a big problem for a lot of folks out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's here's a good picture of it right here. Um, and so they went out of business. This company literally went out of business. I don't know what this is. Is this fandom? Okay. Yeah. So this company literally went out of business. But um, you know, I think it's a collectible thing. So, and I like bullpups. Bullpups is what I collect. I put, I, you know, yeah. I put it in the category of what I collect. So, just like how you guys uh, terrorize the companies to make ten millimeters, I, te <laughs> I terrorize them to to make bullpup. So, do you ever do I any of those crazy it. like SKS? Like, what's that company? There's a company that makes like a crazy bullpup chassis for SKSs. Like all metal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is the so, name of that company? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, I've not done that, but I know people have done it. I'm not a big fan of um, of doing bullpup kits. I like guns that were made to be bullpups versus the kits. So although I've you. done, I've done like you know, there's some of those uh, 12 gauge bullpup, like for a Mossberg yeah. or a Remington kind of kits. I've done yeah. that in the past, but I'm not like that's not stuff that I really want to collect. I want to collect purpose built uh, bullpups. So. I hear you. Fair enough. I think yeah. oh, it was a CBRPS.com, and they make these space gun-looking chassis for yeah. SKSs to turn them into bullpups. Yeah. I think they look cool. Do I think it's going to be a great shooting gun? No. Yeah. Just because you got, you know, the trigger. It goes back to trigger mechanisms and all that, right? Yeah. Um, but I think they look like they'd be a great movie prop. Yeah, so the, so Ken from K&M Arms says, that's why you don't have to change the trigger on my bullpup better than any other bullpup, even with an upgraded trigger that the others have. I do agree with it. The trigger in the K&M is actually uh, an Elfman trigger. 
So okay. there's it's actually an Elftman in there. But I think the thing about K&M is that there is linkage going back, but his linkage is actually sitting in a channel, so there's no flex. I think one of the reasons why a lot of those old those older guns, the triggers are so bad, or even the kits, is because there's flex in that linkage. So in his thing, it's sitting in a channel, but it's a good it's a good trigger in the first place. So the combination of those two, I think, make it a really good trigger. I would recommend people at least uh, go out there and try it out. So uh, they look they look really badass. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe if we uh, do really well on our NFT drop uh, next week, I can go buy one. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> let's get in. Let's let's since you brought it up. I don't know. Mysteriously. <laughs> like, was that like a really good segue or what? I just. <laughs> uh, so first, you're gonna have to explain to some folks out there what um, NFTs are. I think we're just gonna we're just gonna have to start there. Um, um, digital beanie babies. Yeah. Basically, what is it? Non fungible token. That's what NFT. Yeah. Yes, sir. Got it. So you're learning. This is why I like you, Hank. You are you are teachable. You can learn things. I looked at a lot of videos. Search NFTs, and um, actually, for the folks out there who are interested, (laughs) there's a very funny video from Saturday Night Live about NFTs. It's kind of like a spoof on Eminem, and I recommend folks out there check it out. But Give the folks out there a breakdown, though, Rob. So right now in crypto, crypto goes in waves of what people are excited about in this crypto space that we're in. And so the latest like wave of people getting super excited are these things called non-fungible tokens. Um, And the and non-fungible token technology is what has me most excited going forward. But right now people are selling NFT art, digital art that basically uh, imagine you have a normal crypto token and then attached to that crypto token is a digital file. It can be an audio file, it could be a video file, it could be a picture file, an image file. And so people are selling out these NFTs, people are viewing them as digital collectibles. And then there are marketplaces. Um, OpenSea is the largest that's on the Ethereum blockchain. And OpenSea is like the eBay for these digital art collectibles that people are buying and trading. The thing with um, non-fungible tokens is that there's absolute proof of ownership because the only way you could move those um, non-fungible tokens around is if you have the cryptographic keys to move it. Just like if you were moving Bitcoin or Tusk around a blockchain, you need keys to access that. Um, And so NFT technology is really fascinating. And one of the things that we're doing with the Tusk blockchain in this upgrade we did is that I will say it's looking very likely that next year we will have an NFT marketplace built on top of our Tusk blockchain. And so I wanted to go through the process of what it would take to build an NFT drop. And so people are building like, and it's really kind of interesting, they'll do a drop of like 10,000 images, but then they're randomly designed. And so Hmm. you don't know what you're going to get until you buy it. And then hopefully you get one that's really rare and then you can people are making tons of money 
buying them at the earliest possible time and then turning them out around and putting them on OpenSea and then they go up in value. And some of these have been sold for millions of dollars now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are making a lot of money trading these digital pictures called NFTs. So what I decided to do is I, I like to learn by doing things. So uh, I got some partners and this is separate from Tusk. So I just like to point out this is a separate side project. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided to create a project called Undead Presidents under the banner of Crappy Art. So crappy dot art. I'm showing, I'm showing that right now. Yeah. Sweet. And so we also um, so we're we're doing three thousand of these, and the uh, sale is in five days. Um, on the twenty fifth mm-hmm. is our presale, and to get on the whitelist for the presale, you have to go join our Discord. Um, and all those links are at crappy dot art. And the idea is that we partnered with a charity called Watsi. And mm-hmm. they help people in poor countries get surgery. It's like a crowdfunding site where you can directly donate to people to get cataract surgeries and things. And they're getting 10% of every NFT we sell under Undead Presidents. So Undead Presidents, we created a bunch of – the thing about um, these NFT drops is um, – Literally, the software, we we develop a program that actually mixes and matches all sorts of attributes of these NFTs. So you so on our series, it's called Undead Presidents. Um, we decided to pick out, you know, several different presidents. And then our coin or these tokens can be either like a Bill Clinton werewolf or a Bill Clinton vampire or an Obama vampire. And they could have different attributes. Like one pitcher might have a cigar. The other might have an army helmet and you don't know which one you're going to get. And some of those features are a lot rarer. And then when some of those little characteristics are rarer, the value of your NFT is going to be a lot more on the secondary market. And so we decided to do a drop uh, up 3000 and then uh, 10% goes to charity. So it was kind of a very interesting project. And um, we're doing that launch. Uh, They go on presale sale on the 25th. So we're super stoked about it. Right. So I, I don't know if you have any questions um, in regards to that, Gene. If so, let me know. Or if folks out there do, uh, I'll give you guys I'll give you guys a chance on that. Come on, Gene. Um, you have to have a question. I'm just talking about. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a lot. To, it's a lot. It's like I, I took a deep dive starting a couple months ago into NFTs mm-hmm. and this whole space and the digital collectibles. But what's really exciting about not only what NFT, it's not about the NFT art only. That's like just the tip of the iceberg that people are excited about right now and talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But um, but understand the OpenSea did $1.8 billion in NFT art transactions in August. This is not yeah. a trivial amount. This is not a fad. This is not going away. But the technology of NFTs, and this is where I see the future is even vital to even people in the gun space, mm-hmm. is that... It allows to, the ability for people to fractionalize ownership of physical things and then sell those things as NFTs on marketplaces. So what that means, have you ever heard of like a, a f- people, rich people own jets and sometimes people will own a fractional jet, which means they can buy an eighth of a jet. That's a mm-hmm. thing rich people do. Never heard of people that. might, yeah, people might boats. buy boats, vacation yeah. houses. Um, they're very complicated. It's generally people that know each other, but they'll go mm-hmm. in and buy a $5 million vacation house and they each own like an eighth of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they do. It's called mm-hmm. fractional ownership. Mm-hmm. So imagine 
but only rich people can do that right now because they didn't have NFTs. So what NFTs can allow for, and this will be the future. Uh, trust me, this will be the future. Regardless if you care about any of this stuff, this is going to be the future. Imagine if you had, let's say you're a rich dude and you owned a, uh, a Mona Lisa type painting worth a million dollars. But you don't want to sell it, but you want to get some money on it because you want to go buy a new boat to, to compete with Hank. And then what you could do is you could create a thousand NFTs that represent one one thousandth ownership. Think of the NFT like a digital deed to own part of that Mona Lisa. And then you can go to an NFT marketplace and buy and trade that like a stock. And so two things that have never happened before. Rich people that own an asset like that never had the ability to have liquidity from it. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you wanted to get money out of your Mona Lisa, you had to sell the whole thing. Because right. you could never really right. fractionalize that ownership. And the other part of this is average middle class folks now have the ability to invest in something like a fine masterwork piece of art. Mm-hmm. So imagine so expensive violins. Now, I'm just giving you examples of big ticket items, right? But this could be done with right, lots right. of things. So imagine you had a $10 million gun collection and you died. You could, for instance, create a little company that owns the gun collection and then the gun collection, the ownership in that, 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 oh, that gun collection now is issued as NFTs. Mm-hmm. And now you can buy and sell a fractional ownership of interest in that gun collection. Um, you could do like a thing of a viol- like Stradivarius violins, fine musical instruments. They're 10 to $20 million. What if you got together with a bunch of investors and you bought a Stradivarius violin and all the people that chipped in to buy it because they wanted to invest in it, but not one person could afford 20 million, but maybe they could afford 50 grand or 10 grand. They each get an NFT now representing ownership. And so as that now that violin goes up in value, everybody who holds that little NFT that represents the deed of ownership of that partial ownership of that violin now get a dividend or their value goes up or they can trade it and sell it whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. Middle class people, average working class folks could never do that before. Only rich people could invest in things like that. NFTs are going to open up what we call liquidity or access to the value in physical things that has never been possible technologically before. Yeah. And this is the future. So there's trillions yes. of dollars of value locked up into physical things that people can't access. But now with NFT right. technology, you will be able to unlock that value and trade it like stocks. And yeah. any everyday people so, can add, and now have access to these investments they didn't have. Yeah. So let me just try to I don't know if we could uh, bring that into something that maybe folks out there can understand. So like in the in the our gun world, right? Uh, t-shirts are mm-hmm. a big thing. You know, and people spend a lot of money on T-shirts, believe it or not, right? I mean, what's the average T-shirt that you're going to buy? Like 20 bucks or something like that, maybe 15, 20 bucks. So you buy a T-shirt to support a a gun guy that you like. He makes a T-shirt. You buy that T-shirt. You wear it. You stretch it out. You wash it. You know, it gets faded or whatever. It gets torn up and all that kind of stuff. This is a similar thing to that, except that gun guy might create some image that you think, oh, this is a cool image, you know, either a, something of a gun or something representing the Second Amendment or some kind of meme or something like that. And you could 
could have this and in the digital world you always have it and the difference between that t-shirt that's devaluing and this is that especially based on how limited it is just correct me if i say anything wrong or stupid here rob you know that thing can actually grow in value so maybe you know i don't know 10 years later one if you meet that gun guy you can actually just take your phone and go hey by the way i support you look i i own the blah 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 thing that you did but it could also become more valuable you know as is is that wrong or right yes and no here i'll add okay. something i'll add another layer of complexity mm -hmm. that neither one of us talked about before mm -hmm. what if hank strange issued a series of nfts that people could buy mm -hmm. and holders of that nft get access to special content that public people don't Okay. So they get access. So now if you hold that NFT, you get access to a special Discord room run by Hank. Or okay. let's say so it you're works like Iraq a key Vet or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, how about if you're mm -hmm. Iraq Vet 888 and you buy that NFT and you get discounted access to his material, but on top of that, you get free access to range day with it. Mm -hmm. Or think about the dividends you can get or extra benefits that it could be attached to that NFT. So what we're doing, even with crappy art, we're building a community around these NFT drops that we're going to be doing. And one mm -hmm. of the things that like, for instance, whoever buys the one of the undead presidents NFTs gets automatically whitelisted for the next NFT drop. And then we're going to be doing crappy con in 2023. And so holders of all the uh, crappy art type NFTs will get benefits from that. Um, so mm -hmm. the idea is what kind of benefits can you assign to the holders of an mm -hmm. NFT that get mm -hmm. special privileges or special benefits long-term being part of a community. And mm -hmm. the, the sky is open. Like you can do anything you want with that. So you could say, I'm going to issue a Hank strange NFT with some custom art. And mm -hmm. you can say, Hey, I'm going to designate part of the money that um, we, we generate from selling these NFTs is going to go to a charity or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, um, you get access to my private group or my private podcast, whatever that is, or and then randomly one user out of that group that holds those NFTs might get a special airdrop or a special gift of free T-shirts in person. I don't know. You can think of anything you want around community building around NFTs. And, and so the sky's the limit on how you do that. So so <clears throat> let's say um, this is using some uh, a gun for example again like let's say the walther wall 2000 um it's worth like seventy five thousand dollars or something like that let's say uh there's only 20 in existence and 10 uh get destroyed now the value of those go from seventy five thousand to 500,000, you've now invested in a, a physical thing uh, that goes up in value rather than investing in a business. You're investing mm -hmm. in physical items. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, that's that's a potentiality of it, right? It's I'm already sure beginning. Exactly. Okay, that's kind already of beginning. Is, yeah. I that, think but that well, you know what? When, the when, future. Yeah, when people are facing new things like this, and honestly, NFTs are not new. They may be new to us. They may be new to folks out there. I think that, um, right. you know, 
when people are facing new things, they typically go, uh, you know, they make fun of it or whatever. I think a lot of that has to do with just not understanding or not wanting to take the brain to figure out what it is. So you, you get these kinds of reactions. Um, however, there's a lot of potential that uh, there's a lot of potential good that could be done with these things. And ultimately, I think what we should all be looking for is ways of decentralizing things away from the government, let's say, from politicians, etc. Right. And you might think, oh, what the hell does this have to do with anything? Politicians uh, print money. They put pictures on pieces of paper and tell you it has a value and you go for it. You know, right. and typically we well, live I mean, at their whims. So with our NFTs, um, community was a big part and charity was a big part. So we're going to mm -hmm. have a designated charity partner for every drop. And we want to do several NFT art drops. So what we're doing is we're partnering with an artist. We're partnering with a charity, um, doing the marketing and creative direction around that. And then overall building a community around these different, you know, crypto, you know, kind of uh, we call them cryptographic generative NFT art. And but, you know, if, if we sell out this first NFT minting that starts in the 25th, the Watsy charity will make over one hundred thousand dollars if we're successful. So and they didn't have to do anything. And then on top of that, we're giving them several um, NFTs for their own long term hold that if they do go up in value, which they might, um, they likely will, depending on how the market views them. And then that's long term sustainable funding for a charity. And we're going to do that several times a year um, on, because we're doing some fun, cool art. And I think, I, I think the art is the fun part. That's the thing that gets people excited about this new technology. Um, but the fractionalized ownership of physical assets, that is the bigger piece of the pie that people aren't really focused on right now. But right. that to me is the huge opportunity here. Where is mm -hmm. that going to be in five or 10 years? And, and I think it's yeah. going to revolutionize everything. So imagine, so here's another example. Now the laws will need to catch up to some of this stuff, but let's just say you want to, oh, let's just say you want to start a barbershop or a restaurant in your, your neighborhood, right? You could literally crowdfund that restaurant. You issue NFTs to everybody who invested and then depending on how much they invest, those NFTs might get them free food for a year or mm -hmm. discounts for life or anything because they're technically a stockholder or mm -hmm. they are, you know, they're kind of a part of that organization. And this could be done on a very micro level. Let's just say you want to start a gun store, right? Mm -hmm. You could crowdfund with NFTs or like, let's just say you are a gun store in a range and you mm -hmm. want to crowdfund, you need a couple million bucks to build it, right? So you give everybody an NFT for their ownership donation and then they get discounted range for life or something. I yeah. mean, because then they walk in, they show their NFT, beep, scans. Oh, you're, you're a member. Yeah. Thank you for supporting this project. Boom. I mean, that's what you can do with this. And that's what people will do. And I think the people that embrace that technology now are going to be made very wealthy long term because you're getting yeah. in early and, and, and understand that's the trend. It's just fascinating to me what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Armament and Axis says, just remember, anything digital can be hacked. Uh, he says that's just his honest opinion. Um, what, what do you say to that? Like, what's the security of these things? If you buy an NFT, how do you ensure that you still own it? So, for example, if it's on your phone, how, what if you lose your phone or, you know? So, well, 
one, you should always back up your keys to everything. And that's just mm-hmm. good. That's crypto 101 level stuff. Um, yeah. At this point, uh, the the encryption protocol SHA-256 is the one of the most robust crypto protocols out there right now. It's never been hacked. So most of the people that get their crypto hacked is usually some kind of social, it's a mismanagement of their keys mm-hmm. or they've been social engineered. But SHA-256 has never been hacked. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's not true for that. Um, will SHA-256 or SHA-256 encryption be broken in the future? Sure. But that's why they're also creating quantum resistance, new encryption protocols going forward. And we're definitely keeping up on that. But if you look at most of the crypto hacks out there or most of the scams in crypto, it's people pretend it's phishing scams. It's it's the typical you know, pretending to be someone you're not and you're sending money to people you shouldn't or you're giving away your key phrase when you shouldn't. That's what most of the scams are right now and where most of the quote-unquote hacks are coming from. It's not that the encryption's been broken. Um, So so understand there is a lot of that because it's new and there's a lot of scammers in this space. Don't get me wrong. But whenever you have a lot of money moving from one place to another, you're going to get that. That's just part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Also, we've been functioning in the digital world for a long time, doing lots of things. Look, I remember when, uh, you know, when let's say let's take uh, Netflix, for example. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. remember that Blockbuster was a thing. Everyone went to the Blockbusters, including me. You went there, especially especially after you got paid Friday nights, whatever weekends you you uh, you rented your movie and all that kind of stuff. And then when Netflix came out, everyone was like, oh, this is this is BS. Who's going to who's going to watch this stuff online? I mean, first of all, I think people were getting Netflix things online. I remember I was. And then they they transitioned over to doing more stuff just like where you could look at your movies online. People like that's nonsense. You know what? What I'm trying to do when I talk to you guys about these things or have folks like Rob come on here and talk to us about things and give you all the opportunity to ask him questions and just wrap your mind around it is to think a little bit about the future. Maybe you're not planning on being here in the very near future. I get that, you know, (laughs) so whatever. I'm planning on being here and I'm planning on figuring out these things so that I could talk to and pass things on to my kids and my and my grandkids and you know anyone who's bringing something new to me it doesn't mean you have to go out there and put your whole life on it and flush your life down the toilet you just need to listen no. and and let your mind absorb that a little bit because somewhere along the way it might make sense for you to do things um no one thought that facebook was going to be a thing no one thought that youtube would be a thing you know, today I was I was um, I saw a post from um, from Eric from IV eighty eight eighty eight talking about how Facebook deleted his Facebook page, eight hundred thousand people following him on Facebook, but he has no ownership over that, and this is directly connected to things like that, right? We need to figure out these things so that when we have that kind of power. We can actually do something with it where people can't take it away from us. Unfortunately, in the case of of folks like Eric and lots of other guys that are getting deplatformed, myself included, you know, we we don't we're not able to translate that power. It belongs to these platforms. And if we could figure out some of this stuff, we can we can uh, make ourselves more proof to all the things that are going to be done to us. Right. We can better understand. We could better move around in this world that we live in, whether we like it or not. 
So that's the reason well, why we talk about this stuff. Well, the technology is not going away. If you choose to ignore it, you do so at your own peril. I mean, I think technology <laughs> like guns, they're neutral tools, right? Mm -hmm. And so they can be used for good or evil, depending. You can use blockchain and crypto to defend yourself from the typical, you know, dollar system that we have right now that is absolutely mm -hmm. being manipulated and they're absolutely devaluing the dollar, which is a giant stealth tax. If all your assets are in dollars right now, you're getting so fucking screwed right now. Excuse my language. But mm -hmm. it, so uh, honestly, you know, and I'm not saying that crypto is everything I'm saying is I think you should hedge. You should be hedging across, you know, asset classes and technologies and you should have gold and silver and cash dollars in your safe but you should also have crypto and guns mm -hmm. and food and put ammo. away and yeah, water yeah. and ammo yeah. and it's like you need to have all those things in my opinion mm -hmm. so i'm not when i talk about crypto and i'm passionate about this mm -hmm. it's not because i'm all in only in that direction i'm just saying is that this is something you shouldn't ignore and there is a lot of ways to make a lot of money with it too because it's early in a big transition so if you and right now I, I think anybody who's been watching what, how much they've been printing for the last 20 years, but especially under the last administration, this administration, it's just absolutely insane what's happening. They're killing the dollar. And anybody who pays attention to that knows that eventually the dollar is just not going to work anymore. And what are you doing? I mean, you're already seeing in some cases inflation, price inflation this year and 20 percent. And it'll probably be a lot more by the end next this, you know, this time next year. What are you doing to protect yourself from that if you just have dollars? And I'm mm -hmm. saying is you're getting screwed if you're only in dollars right now. And crypto mm -hmm. is one of those things that, I mean, Bitcoin hit its all-time high today. And so the all-time uh, high before was today was 65. Uh, well, it, it's at right now 66 just, over, just over 66,000. This previous all-time high was 65. And so, mm -hmm. and understand that Bitcoin was 28,000 last December. So... Mm -hmm. Tell me where wow. you're doing and tell me how you're excited about your 7% 401k going up this year when I've more than doubled my money that I invested in December. Can I, can I, can I just say this? I think, uh, well, yeah. Appalachian Gunrunner says uh, the most valuable thing you can invest is knowledge, which I agree with that. But Depends to be honest with, with you, there, there's a lot of folks out there that don't even know what you're talking about when you say 401k. That's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, There's you're a lot right. of people right. out there so, that have no idea what that is. They don't know what a mutual fund is, you know? I mean, right. and we need, so, like, knowledge is, I'm, I'm sorry, let me just say this. I always tell people that knowledge itself is not power. You need to have the knowledge, okay? You need to, so, like, having a book is not power. You need to be able to read that book, understand what you're <laughs> reading. If it's telling you how to do something, you need to know how to apply that thing and, and create an end result. And then when you do that, based on what your end result is, you need to, to be able to go back and examine and adjust and adapt. That is power. Amen. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry Rob. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. 100% agree with you, Hank. And and mm -hmm. so, and you're right. I, I I would contend that lots of people in this country don't even invest and don't have mm -hmm. savings. And I think, unfortunately, I believe we're going to go through a very difficult period over the next five, ten years in the United States, um, socially and economically. And if you're in debt and you don't have any money and you're incredibly in debt, you have no investments, especially investments outside of dollars you're going to experience a lot of pain. Yeah. And that's there's unfortunate. Of, and I'm saying there's, is there's lots of people out there, man, 
that may there's there's folks out there that might have ten thousand dollars worth of guns, but if they had right. to find ten thousand dollars right now to save their life or save their kid's life or someone that they care about's life, they couldn't do it. They probably couldn't yeah. put their hands on a thousand dollars, and a so, lot of that has to do with illiteracy, not not understanding certain things that are going on. That's uh, at least try to like open your mind to understanding some things. <laughs> so I remember during the last housing crash, um, we we struggled a lot during the last housing crash during two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and guess what? When mm. you're selling off guns because you're broke. Guess what? The price of those guns will go through the floor, too, because everybody else is selling their guns off to go in there broke, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I, there was a time when, you know, I had excess blocks and I knew I know how many I had, though, mm -hmm. um, unlike Gene. But I would say is I remember selling. <laughs> I, I remember you don't selling want to tell guys. us either how many blocks you have. So don't even try it. <laughs> but at the time I, I was selling I was selling some assets off, too. And, you know, I was mm -hmm. I remember very clearly once when I sold the G19 for and I could only get 200 bucks for it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. But this is, you know, 2007. Mm -hmm. But what happened is during that okay. time frame, everybody else was broken selling guns, too. Yeah. And so, you, so if you say I got $10,000 worth of guns now, great. You get $10,000 worth of guns now. You should be selling those bastards right now because there's a good market for guns right now. But if mm -hmm. you wait till the market crashes next year when everybody else is broke, you're not going to mm -hmm. get $10,000 for those guns because everybody else is doing the exact same thing. And guys mm -hmm. that have money in crypto, they're going to be like, oh, there's a sale on guns right now. And that's how that works. And somebody got a nice two hundred dollar G nineteen like back in two thousand eight for me, um, so I, I so I've done this myself. So it's not like I'm throwing rocks at anybody. Um, I'm trying to help people so they don't suffer needlessly going forward. And crypto is one of the is one of a bunch of hedges people should be considering right now. Yeah, and I you know I think that um, we there's so many things facing us if we let's let's just talk about being in the gun community and what's happening and this is happening every day and a big part of why when we're facing that we feel so helpless is because we really don't understand and i get that i don't there's a lot of stuff i don't understand i mean you know i'm a massive knucklehead right but what i don't understand is what destroys me okay you know, that's the thing. So we need to try to wrap our heads around things and understand things that are happening so that we can move forward. You know, otherwise people use these things against us all the time to to destroy us or control the message, which is what we're seeing. And then all we could do is just cry about it and go, oh, you know, this is what they're doing to us. And we don't really have a way. It's not just I see it happening with big companies. There's in the gun world right now for the last two years, the companies have been selling all the guns. They don't need to advertise. They don't need to get anyone to show for them to sell a gun. They're selling all the guns. They're making money. There's companies out there that have made a billion dollars. One company, boom, billion dollars. Hundreds of millions, tens of millions, depending on size and all that. <laughs> but none of these companies right now understand the kind of things that can keep the gun industry, the gun community moving forward. I'm telling you, this is a massive deficit that they have. They don't even know who to hire because they don't understand. I, I, I see it. 
I see it all the time. I don't know if you see that, Rob, or that sounds unreasonable or what, what Gene thinks about it, but it's what I see. I spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff and looking at it, and, I, and I'm telling you, I don't understand it. And when I try to talk to companies, the biggest roadblock is they like, well, we don't even know what that is. Well, this is what I say for the naysayers, even in the in the chat that are like anti crypto, right? It's like this. I, I'm not saying you have to trust me or believe me or anything else. But here's the thing. Before you throw rocks at crypto or Bitcoin or NFTs or any of these things, at least get educated enough to understand why you don't like it or why you should like it before you throw rocks at it. Right. So and I would say my my evidence is this. Right now, the market cap or the value of all the cryptos around the world is two points, almost $2.7 trillion. And the value is so if Bitcoin were a company that had stock, the value of that stock would be one, right now $1.2 trillion. So regardless of what you think of crypto right now, understand that those numbers are hard money. That's true value rate now and there's that means that a lot of people have invested a lot of money into these things so it's not fake even though you might not understand it or like it or the thought of it or what you think you know about it might not be great go research it and start doing your homework so you you can at least understand what it's about and then throw rocks at it because if if you just ignore it and put your head in the sand you're going to potentially miss out on a lot of amazing opportunities but you also might be stuck in the dollar system, which is dying. And if you're stuck in the dollar system when it dies, you're going to suffer. Yeah. And I don't well, want people it's, suffer. It's out of weird. Most people of our ilk understand what's happening and go, these dudes are just printing money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, I think everyone gets that. Tell me if you're out there and you don't understand that the administration right now, the administration before that, the one before that, the one before that, they've all just been printing money. But but based on your politics and how you look at things, you for sure acknowledge that this administration just printed money. Okay. The so. la you know, the last administration, you know, printed $10 trillion worth of new debt for the American taxpayer. And this administration probably double or triple that. And yeah. so the dollar's dead. Okay. It's dead. There's no way we're coming back from that. There's only one way this ends with the dollar, and it's not going to be good. And if you want to understand this, there's going to be people eating their pets. <laughs> I believe that. And I like pets. I like dogs. But I, I think when the dollar goes belly up, a lot of people are not going to see it coming. They're not going to understand what's happening, and it's going to get bad. And I don't yeah. know when that's going to happen, but I can tell you at the rate at which they're devaluing the dollar through all this extra printing and borrowing – I can't imagine it's going to be not in my lifetime and it might be very much sooner than the end of my lifetime. And yeah. so I'm just saying crypto is just one potential hedge. And I think you should look at it and understand it before you throw rocks at it. Yeah. I like the way that these things work. And I think there's a lot of potentiality in all of these things. Gene, do you have a question? I know Vanessa Kitty does. If you don't have one, I'll go to her. I Vanessa want Kitty, to reply to what, um, what yeah. Armament um, just said about wisdom is adding on to that um, one that I always say is um, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit bowl. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. 
I get it. I get it. Uh, Vanessa Kitty has this question. If anyone has anything they want to add on that, we'll get it. Vanessa Kitty says, yeah, she says, and where do you store your crypto wallets? What tangible device do you have them stored on? Uh, Be dang careful where it's stored. So what would you what would be um, your answer to that? So there's a lot of options depending on the crypto, but the, mm-hmm. so there's lots of, so that gets into this subject called crypto key management, right? So mm-hmm. every, so for every wallet that you hold your cryptocurrency in, um, there's a key for that. And you want to keep that safe because if anybody mm-hmm. has a key, they can access it. So okay. um, for long-term cold, like long-term storage, they actually have these little metal devices that you can um, put all your key in it and they have all these little letters and you kind of like slide it in and it's like they have in titanium and stainless steel and that's your key. You can have that as your key and you can just literally bury it in a pipe if you want to. And anytime you get back online, you pull out that key phrase, download the software for the wallet, type it in and your back have access to your keys. So that would be a long-term storage solution that's non um, non-electronic, degradable. Um, mm-hmm. not degradable. Um, paper wallets are still great. Um, and so, uh, we, my, my wife and I, um, we have a very, we have a lot of redundancy in how we do key management and we have depending cause we have multiple crypto investments. So we have different techniques that we use for different types of wallets, but I'm not going to say them online mm-hmm. <laughs> for security purposes, but there are lots of ways. So there's digital hardware wallets, um, that are that look like a jump drive, like a flash drive that you can actually store your crypto in safely. There's a couple different manufacturers. Ledger's probably one of the best ones for that. Um, there's people that just print out um, paper mm-hmm. wallets. And then I recommend if you're going to do a paper wallet system, make sure you have more than one copy. Keep them separate. Put them in a waterproof container and then put that waterproof container in a fireproof container. Um, and then have more than one copy of that and have your family know where they are just in case. Family you trust, of course. Um and so key management can, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but there's there, just understand there's electronic flash drive things. There's literally paper wallets um, and there are metal wallets that you can also uh, put together. So yeah. there's lots of different ways to do that. And when we say wallets, what are we talking about here? Because I know this is something I didn't understand. So, so this is where it gets a little confusing. Cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. never digitally leaves the blockchain. It's always on the blockchain. And think of a wallet as a folder on your computer where your stuff is, but only you have access to that folder. That's the best way I can describe what's really happening on a blockchain. But we kind of say where you store your key, your crypto. But all all a wallet is, is your keys to that folder that's on the blockchain. That's all it is. So It's a password. Yeah. So, for example, um, I'm going to show this. This is my Minds. Let me see if I could go. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of Minds or not, right? So, Minds. What would I you say? That. Minds is more like a Facebook or. Uh, where would it's you a cross that? between. It's like a cross between Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So, Minds, and it, and I'll just share my screen here for a second. It's this um, application that has the light bulb. All right. So when I click on it and open it here, like here's a post. Uh, that Rob did. Rob shared the podcast that's coming up here. But in the top right-hand corner, you see that thing that says 88 bucks? For me, posting stuff here on Minds and people looking at what I'm posting and other people that are posting things, I'm just like flipping through my Minds right now, right? For me, posting that there, there's 88 whatever Mind things is, you know, whatever that is. It, But the question is, how do I get that? Now, because Minds is on the blockchain... They're able to generate their 
somehow they're generating their own token every time people interact with my stuff there's that's you know i'm getting a piece of that token and it's building up there and then i have to figure out a way to cash that out right so can you explain and, like how that yeah, works yeah and i'm and i'm on mines and so mm -hmm. on mines you actually can set up and you can cash that out and then sell it and trade it at an exchange and that exchange can convert the mines tokens um so it's a little more complicated with mines tokens, but essentially you can withdraw your mines tokens to an Ethereum wallet, and then you can move those tokens to an exchange that uh, trades mines tokens, and you can trade those for another crypto or dollars and then cash it out and get a deposit in your bank account. Okay, okay. Um, the one thing I like about, mm -hmm. so the thing with mines and then Odyssey, which is like a YouTube version like this, is mm -hmm. they have this thing called tokenomics, another big word. But what it means mm -hmm. is that they don't do paid advertising like YouTube. Mm -hmm. which, remember, YouTube's free because you're the product. You know, they're mm -hmm. selling ads right. to you or mm -hmm. there's, you know, they're running ads to you. Well, mm -hmm. they don't allow that on mines. So what mm -hmm. happens is you get compensated in mines tokens, which are fungible, to interact and post. So, mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you can do a thing called staking, another big word. But what I did, and um, I not only interact on the platform and I make – I get paid to interact on mines and I get paid to refer people to mines. But on top of that, you can stake like certain types of crypto and they you earn interest. So I get a couple um, mines tokens a day that I use to boost my content. So instead, I can't run ads on mines, but you can boost content. And so I basically just lock up some of my mines tokens and some of my Ethereum tokens and I get the interest and the interest that I get on mines, I use to boost content on mines instead of running ads. And it's all does, it's all essentially free. It's just being, you know, part of that community. They reward you if you're an active member of that community, unlike YouTube that doesn't give you crap and censors you and everything else. And mines also as a free speech platform. So they don't censor you because of your politics. Yeah. So for example, if we were talking about YouTube here, even if you demonetize your videos on YouTube, YouTube has the right to monetize them and make money out of it. Just just so you know. Yeah. So even if your yeah. stuff is not monetized, they could do that. I was talking to someone the other day that has actually a pretty big channel. It's not in the gun world, but they have a big channel and um, they're, they're not monetized because their channel is basically what you would look at as advertising. And we went to look at one of those videos and there's advertising on it. And they're like, what, what, why the hell is there advertising? And I said, yeah, YouTube can monetize your stuff and make money even if you don't even if you don't want that. But the thing, the right. reason why it matters is that this is how we take control of what's happening instead of crying about it or complaining about it. That these are, you know, these are some of the ways that we could do that. And I think the more that we understand these things and understand that there's stuff like that out there, you know, you, you realize that there's things set up here these guys can't pull down. It will be more difficult for them to take mines down. I'm not saying they can't take it down, but they have actually tried. Yeah, they have tried and, and they're trying with Odyssey and other things. But but other but blockchain is about censorship resistance. So the thing about blockchain and crypto, and, and this is the heart of where it came from, is that there's not a central controller for most blockchains. So like with our Tusk blockchain, and we just went through this because um, we had to shut down the old blockchain to build and, and everybody had to restart on the new updated code. 
but trying to get the peeps since um all everyone who runs a computer the servers that run a blockchain they're all in they're all independently run and you don't know who runs them most mm -hmm. of the time because they're independent and they're all over the world and so you have to verbally coordinate and trying to like you know broadcast messages to hey on this date we're gonna you know change things so you need to shut down and run this new code but what ends up happening is the idea is that because they're decentralized in this way that they're independently owned and operated that if you know if your system was put on an Amazon web server and you know and you were a company and you did something the government doesn't like they can come in and they can just arrest you and shut down that server and boom your whatever your website or whatever's down with the blockchain they don't have the ability to do that because all the servers that run it are run all over the place by independent people. No one knows who they are necessarily. And then if one of those does get taken down, someone else will just fill the spot and itself heals. And that's very robust. It's very censorship resistant. And so if you're going to, if you want to have money that's not under the, the guise of government, or if you want to have social media, not under the guise or the power of Silicon Valley, like, you know, people like Zuckerberg, you need to look at decentralized systems. So, and I've seen this lately, there's a lot of these projects coming out, um, like Bravox that's coming out and some of these others, you know, parlors of the world, they're not the solution. Right-wing Twitter and right-wing YouTube are not the answer to Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Decentralized system, because you still have a central point of failure. Parler mm -hmm. can shut your account down anytime they want to. The government can basically work to, if they want to through a backdoor and shut Parler down anytime they want to. Those are not, that is not the solution. Mm -hmm. to you know censorship from silicon valley decentralized systems that can't be taken down that are not centrally controlled are the future um and i just think conservatives are trying to, they're they're losing this game because they're not thinking right about it um you know and and ultimately how good is a social media platform i can tell you i bet i'm, I'm i have a parlor account but parlor sucks because it's only right-wing people and they're usually some of the worst of the right-wing people and i don't agree with right you know conservatives on everything i certainly hate liberals for the most part but and but sometimes i like to talk to liberals about movie making and photography and that's interesting to me because i have interests outside of politics and guns mm -hmm. I and think we so all do. Yeah, yeah and, and so if ultimately i don't want to be I, I don't want to be in an echo chamber. And I can tell you the reason I'm still on Twitter is because I have a lot of different like kind of universes on Twitter that I, I participate in because I'm interested in that one thing like sculpture and art and things like that. Um, and so right wing Twitter and, you know, with only just right wingers and like echo chambering, you know, Alex Jones stuff, which is interesting. But if that's all that's there, that's not interesting enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think this is where we I think it's also bad if our country polarizes into platforms where it's just left leaning people over here, right leaning people over here. I think it's very divisive and that's going to destroy our culture if we're just like trying to live together. But we have completely separate lives. And I don't think that's not we need to come together as a culture in this country, not further apart and i think when you have all these attempts to have like a like a social media platform along political ideology i think that's actually a bad idea socially and i mm -hmm. think it's just crappy from a centralization standpoint yeah uh gene did you have a question there no i'm just okay. sucking it all up i'm just yeah oh, come on gene work with me work with the hank <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's a lot it's a lot because I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't have a lot of information, uh, 
on this um, topic. And so I'm just really learning. I'm just sitting here taking it all in. Um, you got me really thinking, you know, I mean, some of the stuff I, I am aware of, but yeah, it's almost scary. So with Whammy Gunslinger, right? What? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess you have to be very careful what you say on Facebook, right? Because I know Facebook has yeah. really strict rules. Wouldn't it be nice if you could go on a platform that you didn't have to worry about getting shut down because of something someone might have said? Yeah, which is what we're nice? working on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which well, is, that's, 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 that's go to mind. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what's mine's happening. right now. Let me like let me share this thing that I was talking to you guys about here for a second. So this is from uh, this is from Iraq veteran eighty eight eighty eight. He says, "Wow, I sure went full circle in a really short time. I went from being on the White House social media calls to having my Facebook page zucked for supporting Donald Trump and opposing David Chipman. What changed in the nine years I had a Facebook page?" And he says this to the White House at Facebook. And then if you read it in here, he says, why am I one of the largest gun channels on the Internet? Arguably one of the most vocal, but magically lose my Facebook page after nine years and gaining over 800,000 followers. What changed? No explanation, no email, no recourse. You know, so this is the thing like and people may think, well, this doesn't matter. But when if, if it doesn't matter and it goes away, we have no way to communicate and no way to organize, which is the plan. Yeah. You know, and if a if a if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so with me and social media, it's funny because I talked to Eric from Iraq Fed and I told him mm-hmm. not at this last one, but at the one before that Hank and I was at. I said, you got to you got to stop having all your eggs in the YouTube and, and Facebook baskets because mm-hmm. they're just going to it's a it's a stupid foundation at this point. For anybody that's interested in free speech, conservative, anything conservative, anything gun related, if you're on anything from social, you're just going to get your ass killed and shut down at some point if you're on Facebook or Google, YouTube. You're, it's yeah. just a matter of when. It's not if anymore. And so to me, I it's funny because I have a YouTube channel. I don't put anything there anymore. I don't care about it. I'm just like, it's not worth my time to let them monetize whatever I have. I'm not even going to I'm trying to reduce my footprint from people in in Silicon Valley. And I think like take a look at Odyssey, which is like a YouTube and take a look at Minds. At least they're not as big platforms yet. But the more of us that get on there and start putting good content out there, you at least don't have to worry about getting shut down and descend and demonetize it. And I look at like this. You can still do your Facebook page, but start building out that other footprint on something that's decentralized like mines. And so if you do lose the bigger traffic site on Facebook, you still have this fallback. Yeah. That's exactly what we're working on too. Um, so are you familiar with um, glockpocket.com? Either one of you? Mm-hmm. I've am. heard of, I've heard of Glock talk. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they existed. That's where Hickok 45 came from. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was on there. Oh, this is when I was running the range. So it was around 06, 09, something around there. And uh, he got his uh, kick onto YouTube from there. Uh, there was uh, somebody challenged him about being able to shoot far with a small gun, and he put a video up, and boom, he was gone. Now, that was before Facebook. Facebook comes along, and now you have all these 
what used to be the internet full of forums everywhere, right? That's that's how it used to be. If you were into something, if you're into cars, if you're into you would go to a a dedicated website, whereas a forum type platform that was the thing at one point. Facebook comes along, and everybody uh, has you know all their eggs in the basket of Facebook, like you were saying. Because it was easier. But I guess it was it was easier. Because it, mm-hmm. it, it was easier. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have blocktalk.com that is still on their separate thing. And they're still doing good. They're still doing well. You know, they haven't, like, the traffic, if it went down, it, it just a little bit, not by a lot, you know, and they're still they're still going. Um, they're connected to, I believe, something similar to, oh, is it called Tapa Talk or something like that? But, Tapa um, Talk, yeah. The, yeah. But you could. Yeah, okay. I don't know I, much about it, but. Yeah, yeah I, I'm ahead. not sure. Well, I'm not sure where you're going with that. But I think the thing is, is that even those things are vulnerable, right? Uh, and what I mean by that, AR15.com was taken down. And AR15.com. Is that's been around for a long time. It's actually owned by um, by kind of like the Brownells group. It's under the Brownells umbrella right now. But that was taken down. So ultimately, you can have a forum, you can have a website. It could be taken down because they could pull your servers, unless your servers are on some kind of blockchain. Am I am I wrong about that, Rob? Um, well, servers can run blockchains, so. Mm. But but ultimately, I mean, there's definitely social media platforms on blockchains. And so I just think that I'm not sure what the winners are going to be long term, but I just think they're safer things right now than not. Uh, I just think that anything social media at this point, if it's centralized, I'm not a fan of it because there's no free speech. I mean, free speech platforms, I mean, used to be social media. I mean, I've been on Twitter for a long time. Like I was there almost the very, I started on Twitter like, I don't know, 13 years ago when they first started. And it was a very different place then. They didn't have all this censorship. It was a lot more fun, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what Minds is like. Minds is like social media like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's a lot more friendly and open. And, and yeah, there's jerks on there because the jerks have nowhere else to go. But you can block them on, you know, Minds and on Odyssey too. So, yeah. Ultimately, I think we just need to try to wrap our heads around some of this stuff. I don't I'm not trying to bore people to death or whatever, but I'm trying to say and I don't think we can make anyone fully understand anything here. If you're interested, you can go dig into these things and search on YouTube, you know, or on Google or whatever and find uh, more info. But we need to wrap our heads around this stuff and we need to start thinking about it. So even if we don't start creating these things, we need when we see folks of our ilk creating them and working on these things, we need to pay attention, support where we can. No one's t- trying to tell you to drop your life savings into it or anything like that. Just pay attention to what's happening, um, you know, and and we will at least somehow be able to survive whatever it is that's coming and move forward. And ultimately, I think most people want to be free. And I think that's the reason why Rob is saying that it needs to be a fair exchange of ideas on this, on this thing to keep it interesting. Just like just like we all saw in the last year or the last year and a half when everyone gets scared, all of a sudden they become gun guys, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, Rob, so... So is a dedicated website 
just as vulnerable as Facebook. I, I don't see it that way, but I don't know as much as you yes. do. I, I mean, as, Facebook right. can just... So if you look at the case of... Well, well, if you look in the case of Alex Jones and AR15.com uh, in particular and a lot of others, the, they went after GoDaddy and web hosts and their hosting on top of their uh, just it wasn't just their social media accounts. So Amazon Web Services shut them down on hosting. GoDaddy shut them down on their domain registrars. And they all moved to Epic.com, Epic with a K. So Epic.com is the only you know, web host and registrar out there that will do free speech. Um, they still are a centralized system, but th that system is centralized, um, though there are some blockchain-based domain names coming out from unstoppabledomains.com. So um, there are, right now, we're in the foundations of how blockchains will revolutionize, but we're in, I believe we're in a technological arms race between people that want to use technology to you know, do tyranny and people using technology, like decentralized technologies, to free people. Or escape the right. tyranny, <laughs> right? Right. And, yeah. And and so I think that's the arms race win. So if you have like a forum on your own website, are you still are you safer than doing a Facebook group? Sure, absolutely. But mm -hmm. you know, AR15.com had to move their hosting to to Epic, and, and because of right. the hosting I, problem. So understand, there's a threat there too. It's just a little slightly higher up the chain threat. Right. Right. I, I and I totally understand that i was just uh i guess I, I figured that it was a little safer there than it's it not a I bad mean, thing i don't i think it's a very good thing to have your own website in general because at least you have ownership over that you know if you're if uh the folks who are coming in there you can at least they can sign up for your email list so you have a way to communicate with them if you have yeah. If you have 8,000, 80,000, or 800,000 people following you on a, on a Facebook page or on a YouTube channel or wherever, and they pull that from you, that's gone. That's right. Yeah. 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 But if you have your own webpage, you have that. Now, the thing is, is how big are you? If you're Alex Jones and you go off and do your own webpage and you're big enough that they're like, we have to shut this guy up, then they could have meetings and take you down. Would that necessarily happen to Whammy Gunslinger right now or Hank Strange right now? Probably not. But right. if you get big yeah. enough, it right. will happen. If people start paying attention to you and they don't like what you're saying, it, there's a, a high potential that could happen to you. Yeah, I, I so think it just what was the name of that. I'm sorry. What, what was the name of you? You say it was called Epic. E-P-I-K, epic.com. They were recently hacked, um, but I believe they've fixed all that. Um, but they're the they're the registrar that the, the platform conservatives have mostly moved their social media presences to because they'll put up and like a lot of gun ones have already moved over there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a marketplace for this, you know. Obviously, there's a marketplace for this stuff of people doing things. I th what I always worry about is who owns these things, right? And once they get to a certain level, how, how do they change uh, what they're doing? What they're doing out there. So, um, big shout out to I see uh, the real NOC out there. So, big shout out to him. Um, do you guys? If, if anyone has any questions, or if you want to talk about some other stuff, there's a lot of things happening, I guess, out there in the. You know, in the news world, is there something you guys, you know, particularly on the front of the mind that you all want to talk about? 
Yep. I don't have nothing so, up front here. I, yeah. <clears throat> maybe somebody in the uh, comments can bring yeah. something what up. You, yeah. What do you guys want to go into, mm-hmm. Rob? If you have, you know, if you, I'll I'll throw up. I know Rob came on to talk about. Um, I'll talk, talk about, about anything, the, but the undead. Gene, way, Rob, mm-hmm. thank you for the, that information that you just you just gave us. You know, it's I'm already working on that. Like I my my moderators and I uh, were, you know, get, we got together and we got this think tank going on. And we're trying to figure out how we need to get away from here. I had to create a new account and remove myself from being the admin. And put a new one as the admin because Facebook was literally going three years in the past and finding <laughs> yeah. a post mm-hmm. and then banning me for it for three years in the so, past. You know, so our so our Tusk URL um, on Facebook, our website domain name is banned by Facebook and Instagram, and we're actually so we had to, one we had to set up new accounts for a new Tusk group. And a Tusk account, a Tusk group on Facebook, our page, and we had to set up a new um, Instagram because our URL was kind of our handle too, Tusk.network, and we used Tusk Network at the time. Why was that? What did you guys do? What What was it? We didn't do it. Somebody at somebody somewhere reported us because they didn't like content from us, and then we got no, we got no appeal. We tried for a long time to get it appealed, and they wouldn't even talk to us, and then. we are actually changing our domain name soon to Tusk.io from Tusk.network because that .network thing um, is still banned across the... You can't even like put it in Messenger, Tusk.network or Tusk.network without the dot. You can't put it in Messenger because it's banned. And so I, I don't even want to build stuff on Facebook and Instagram anymore. I don't want to put the effort into building those followers. I know how to build a following. I mean, we built um, for Undead Presence, our Telegram or our Discord went up to we're already at twelve hundred in a week and a half just in our tele or our Discord group. I know how to build a social media following. I got three hundred and sixty thousand followers on Twitter. But I don't want to build on Facebook, I don't want to build on YouTube, and I don't want to build on Instagram. Excuse my language, but fuck those guys. Okay, they hate us. I don't wanna I don't wanna give them money. I don't wanna I, I don't wanna put myself out there and be dependent on them knowing they'll rug me and I need to pull the rug out from under me or they call it rugging in, in crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but Eric, yeah. if you have or you know, if you have not Eric, uh, Gene, if you have any, you know, questions about any of this stuff, have you know, Hank connect us, I'd be happy to like give you my mm-hmm. my ear and and tell you how I would proceed with some of this stuff. Um because I, I'm still figuring some of it out too. Because those are the thing is those platforms still have a lot of users, but yeah. when you're building up a group and you're building a following on social media, you have to think about all that time and money you're spending on a platform that can just pull you know shut you down overnight with no recourse. And and I told exactly. Eric that it was funny because bef- before Eric's at IV88's website got pulled down or Facebook page got pulled down, I told him you need to get off these platforms. Like where all the users are. I'm like okay. And then it was I mean, it's true. It's it, it's the reality, right? It's the it's the conundrum right. that everyone's is. That's where people are. Yeah. But how do we get people yeah. somewhere else? People don't want to, you know, it's a very tough thing for people to even wrap their minds around it. And they feel like they have a lot invested. I know that um, Armsless, for example, is in that same boat of what you were saying. You can't, you know, it's, uh, they've really been hit by Facebook. You can't uh, do at arms list or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and a lot of that is because arms list actually goes all the way up to the Supreme court fighting these guys on stuff. So, 
Um, uh, I have a question here. Vanessa Kitty wants to know if uh, you have a... Uh, she says, does Tusk... Uh, do you have Tusk crypto flag? I could fly next to my USA flag. That's what... Uh, I don't know if she's you know, joking I'm, around with that or not, but, you know, there you go. No, but we, we recently got some patches in. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And I got some actually not PVC ones, but these just came in like literally. A couple Are those days ago. NFT they're patches? Are those NFT they're, patches? They're not NFT patches yet. Okay. But, okay. but Come on, uh, I'll tell you that I think that we got a lot of cool stuff happening with NFTs. So let's just say yeah. that there's going to be a lot of things happening in the future in this world because mm -hmm. um, me and some of my colleagues and some of the guys on the team, we're, we're going to be pushing the envelope with some of this stuff and seeing the kind of fun stuff we can do with NFTs. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of the future. But anyways, I, I like having this conversation about decentralized. I understand why people don't want to hear about like if we we're talking about Venmo or Visa, this is really, really boring. But I, I like, you know, I want to try to get people, especially 2A people and conservatives that aren't thinking about decentralized technology. Just understand that if you're not thinking about decentralized technology, we're going to lose. I mean, that's yeah. the bottom line, whether it's finances or social media, money. If we don't get off the dollar, if we don't have all hedges against, you know, Silicon Valley and the Facebooks and stuff of the world, we're going to lose. You should be using DuckDuckGo. You should be using the Brave browser. You should be using Tusk and Bitcoin. You should be, you know, looking at Mines and Odyssey. We have the tools. We just need to use them. It's, the solutions are all, at least the, the early solutions are already there. We just need to migrate there. Yeah. Um, so John Crump says a couple of things. He says he supports Tusk and he also says the sixth circuit bump stock arguments today. I, I think I saw, um, I saw that oh, yeah. coming from, um, uh, military arms channel was talking about that. Cause I know he's one of the people in that. So I don't think there's any word of what's going to happen, but the arguments were out there today. So I don't know if you guys have any, you know, um, interested. I, I, I definitely want to, yeah, I want to yeah. see what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, and then, well, then, the, oh, so go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. I was going to say that um, when I was talking, when all the, the all the people that said bump stocks are dumb, I don't care, or all the conservatives that I talked about, mm -hmm. I said mm -hmm. the, the, the process used to make bump stocks illegal are going to be used for all sorts of other gun things. And I warned people about that several years ago, and they all ignored me, but let's see where it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope they, I hope they, that they win it here and they don't have to go on to the Supreme Court. I don't know if the Supreme Court wants to take stuff, although they won't. Yeah, they should Probably be looking at something here, right? In about a month or so, they should be looking at, uh, I think, that case out of New York. But um, yeah, uh, uh, you're right. I mean, you know, yeah, they're going to use every single thing they can against us. Uh, Dan, the man, Dan with a plan says Rob familiar enough with platform versus publisher when it comes to rules and regulations might be worth a mention. Um, so. I honestly, I don't like, a, I do not like when conservatives want to try to make the arguments at Facebook under the what two thirty law or three twenty law, whatever it is, where they're a platform versus publisher. I don't think that's a good tactic because now that's going to be used against us. I think platforms should be neutral and they should have the power to shut people down on their platform. I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, but I think a lot, again, conservatives, I think are wrong on some of these things. They, and I've heard these arguments made where they're going to say, well, you know, they're a publisher, not a platform. And so they now are, you know, 
they shouldn't be able to censor people. I, I disagree with that. I think if you're on a private property, AR-15, they should be able to censor somebody mm-hmm. on their platform. Well, I have no so, problem with that. They so should good- be able to do that. A good example of this is arms list. So arms list is protected by these laws. I don't know if people realize this, right? Arms list is a platform. So the powers that be out there have tried several times to shut arms list down. And the reason why this almost went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court was like, hey, this is ridiculous. These guys are protected already by by law. And that stuff mm-hmm. got thrown out is because of that, because they are platform. Yep. So when we've we've had a conversation here with the owner of Arms List, uh, John, and he said, if we keep pushing to get rid of this, the first thing they will get rid of is things like Arms List. Yep. And right. AR-15. Do not, right. Do not do do not get rid of that. It's a and cons- this is where I, and this is where I think sometimes conservatives are wrong. They, they, it's mm-hmm. like instead of so instead of saying yeah okay this is a crappy the fact is the the liberal led social media platforms outperformed anything out of the right. But the problem is instead of saying let's create something better, which they haven't done. They said they now right. they want they want to use big government now. And this is this is an example of, you know, conservatives wanting to use the power of big government. And I just think that's the wrong approach. Let's create something better. You know, why didn't right. Trump or, you know, some of the other conservatives that were looking to be deplatformed, why didn't they join and go to, you know, a decentralized system like mines? Can you imagine if Trump would have gone to mines? How big mines? Over. mines that would have been game over. That, game over. He had a hundred million. He had. A, he he was just about to to officially crack a hundred million people following him on Twitter before he got huh? deplatformed. <laughs> it would have been yep. game and over, Rob. It would have been the biggest social media platform in the world overnight, and it would have been decentralized. And mm-hmm. and they could have done that in a heartbeat, and they didn't. And there's other conservatives like Alex Jones could have done the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't. How do and we? So, how, how do we get? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, how do go we for get, it. How do we get people to leave these? It's, it's like throwing a plantation. How do we get these guys <laughs> off they of are. These Facebook and whatnot and, and come over to, so you know, a, a platform where we're, we're not their slaves? And like, it's crazy what I have to do in order not to you know, get banned with like the words I have to adjust. It, it's insane, man. Like, I can't even joke with my cousin. I got banned for just joking with my cousin and saying, I'm a, I'm a kick your butt. And they banned me. Like, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're crazy. Right. How do we get people yeah. off of that? And, and onto a, because Facebook, it seems like it's so easy for them. And that's and where they, they're going to stay. And, well, the thing what's happened is that they've just changed their policies to do these out. They've basically created these internal bots that go and snoof out things, you know, going back three years, like you said. And then they're just calling based on these things. Um, you know, for instance, I have the, I have a big footprint on Twitter. I've been on Twitter since they started. Mm-hmm. At one point before their recommendation, I was like number 62 in the world on Twitter by followers at one point in the beginning. Not yeah. that that means anything today, but mm-hmm. what happened, I still can't, but I post a lot of two-way content and crypto content, and I can't even get access to Twitter spaces. I can't get verified on Twitter. I've been there wow. like 13 years or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and and so I can't um, – so it's not that I'm like shadow banned necessarily, but I, 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 all I can say is it doesn't make sense that my account I've been – I've never had – I've never had strikes against me on Twitter – 
Um, but yeah. I can't get any of the benefits of Twitter, even though I've been there a long time. I have a big following. I'm just not, they won't give it to me. And so mm-hmm. it just is what it is. That's just, but it is their platform. And I guess I have to respect that. Um, and I'm still on Twitter too, but I spent, I'm trying to, I, I go on mines every day now. And so I'm splitting yeah. my time between mines and Odyssey and Twitter now. I didn't abandon my big footprint because that still works. Um, but I'm just not putting any effort into really Facebook now or Instagram. I just don't see the point. Yeah, I think the yeah. my answer my answer to your question of how can we get people or why people won't do it is understanding. If you don't understand something, it's gobbledygook. It's black magic. It's sure. voodoo mysticism right you know uh false gods right if you don't understand it then you're not you're if you can't at least start to wrap your mind around it you're going to ignore it you know and or or make up uh fantasies or delusions about it instead of trying to say well why is this a thing and this is just a problem and it's not just with people it's with the industry it's with the it's with the folks like myself that create content it's with everyone it's all of our faults if we don't try to figure this out we're not going to go anywhere but ultimately i think the like me even spending a lot of time trying to figure this out has put a lot of the other stuff that i do you know uh behind because I'm spending time right. trying to figure these things out, my my gun channel has it doesn't move forward as much. And then on top of that, YouTube is hitting it. But the reason why I'm taking those losses now is so that I have an understanding. Because the the when right. when this new world opens and all of a sudden there's a gold rush to this new world, that you know it's a lot of it is going to have to do with people's levels of understanding of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that's that's my uh, that's my response to that. Um, okay, listen, we're at nine o'clock, and and I don't want to keep you guys here any longer than we really need to. I hope that the folks who are out there have gotten something out of this conversation. Um, let us know. You know, um, you can definitely leave comments and stuff like that, or reach out to these guys. What I'm going to do right now is ask these guys to tell you how you can reach out to them. I do want to thank Franklin Omri for sponsoring the, the the podcast here. You guys see them down below. Franklin Omri is one of those companies to me that is um, really thinking outside of the box, trying to make better solutions for everyone, and and as well as fighting things, whether you know it or not, they're fighting for a lot of our freedom and rights behind the scenes. You guys don't necessarily see that. All right, let me start with, I'm gonna start with Gene of uh, Whammy Gunslinger. The folks out there who are listening to this, how can they communicate with you? Maybe some folks have some, uh, some things they can do to help you out or ask you questions. How can they do it? Absolutely. At the moment, yeah, at the moment, it's uh, uh, Whammies uh, on Facebook, um, gun group, and uh, Mm -hmm. very, very diverse. Um, And so you can reach me there, W-H-A-M-M-Y-S. Is that what you typed in, Hank? Did you type in the S or just the Y? Uh, once I t- typed in the W, uh, the W-H-A-M-M came up, but it's the apostrophe one. It's the one that okay. or, or has okay. right, uh, right, right, right. W-H-A-M-N-Y apostrophe S. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. That's how you find me there. And uh, yeah, we are, we've got a think tank going on. We're working on, um, you know, getting, getting the platform transferred over somewhere a bit safer. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm going to completely get rid of, um, the whammies on Facebook, but it seems like they're trying to get rid of us. Get so, up on minds. Um, get up on minds, man. 
get on mines. Absolutely. Seriously, every day yeah. there's people following me on mines. I'm telling you. Every day I see okay. the, those numbers going up. And, you know, it, it, at least look into it. Mines, and what was the other one, um, Rob? Odyssey, which Odyssey. is uh, Library TV. It used to be Library TV, but it's yeah. Odyssey. Uh, yeah, now, Mines, a, is that M-I-N-E-S or M-I-N-D-S? D-S. D-S. Yeah. Like your mind. Okay, mind. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let me do this real money, quick money, before money, I go to money. Rob. Armin and Axis gave us a couple of bucks. He says, start with peace <laughs> to all. Stay 2A strong, Hank. So there you go. Um, so, so, Rob, tell the folks out there, if they want to find out more, if they want to follow you, where should they go? Um, personally, Rob McNeely, um, just my name, Google me. I'm easy to find. Um, if you want to look up Tusk, it's T U S C dot network, T U S C dot network. Um, and then if you're interested in learning about crypto art, go to crappy dot art with a K crappy K R A P P Y dot art. Yeah, there it goes. I'm throwing it up on the screen right now for people to see. Very good. Who did this artwork? Did you actually do this artwork that? No, that's it, in here. We, okay. We have an artist on our team. Okay, very good. I like I like the stuff that they're doing. Uh, let me just quickly show you guys uh, some stuff here. I'm gonna go to my. Um, here's my. This is the all the different social media I'm on. So I'm on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Right there is Odyssey in the bottom uh, right hand corner. So that's a good thing for okay. people to try out. Um, yeah, what's another one? I'm on Tumblr. I don't think that's on on uh, blockchain. Mines. <laughs> hey, dude, I see your grinder <laughs> account. There goes Mines. I see it. I yeah. see it. Yeah. You see which account? Your grinder account. Mines. Oh, grinder. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, there's no grinder account on there. Um, but but listen, check out these different things. You know, try out some different stuff here. Uh, I think that's the way to look at it. I want to I want to thank these guys for coming on. I'm going to, you know, I don't have the buttons to run in the end. So what I'm going to do here is ask everyone to smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell, all that kind of stuff. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your favorite place places to listen to audio podcasts. Uh, we are on the Firearms Radio Network. So shout out to all those folks who are coming in from the Firearms Radio Network and listening to the audio Um now, which one of you wants to drop the words of wisdom on us before we get out of here? Who wants to do it? Gene. Sure. Gene, go for it. Words of wisdom, sir. Words of wisdom is, um, guys, we got to get off the plantation. We got to get out of there and we got to uh, set ourselves up uh, for to be able to win because they are attacking us. We see it. You guys see it. Uh, most everyone uh, that is conservative has been banned or someone you know. So you know it's there. You know what's happening. We're being attacked. Get off the plantation. Amen. There you go. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. All right. So we're out of here. You guys stay right there. We're out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. We're out.